We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If I can hit the right button, there we go. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Jack Ramsey's Post Game Show. It's just me, Solo Night. Brandon is, uh, well, Brandon's just a dirty, dirty human being and likes to leave me here by myself. That's not true. He's doing uh, stuff for uh, BetQL and uh, other commitments uh, as the football, as the foosball goes. Um, but we'll take a quick little look for those wondering the uh, Chiefs Bengals game. I've got it over here. Bengals are up twenty four twenty one right now to go. Two minute warning hit. So hopefully we're. Uh, you know, we'll get a few more people in here uh, after the game goes, or maybe I'll just wrap it up real quick so we can watch the final seconds. Uh, not a ton of takeaway from this other than the Bulls are big and they're really good at offense. Uh, Bulls went 130-116. Uh, felt like they took their foot off the gas a little bit. The fourth quarter is the lowest scoring quarter, 26 points. They had a 44-point second quarter. It was absolutely bonkers. It was very reminiscent of the Rockets' third quarter. It was dunk, layup, layup, dunk, dunk, layup, dunk, layup, three, three, dunk, layup, three. Uh, I don't know if that was actually how the scoring order went, but that just sounds good. Uh, on the positive side for the Portland Trailblazers tonight, the offense looked pretty good for the most part. It is uh, it is kind of what it is. You had put three guys in, uh, scored over 20 points, uh, Simons, McCollum, and Powell. Powell started the game off 6-for-6, six six, I believe, before he finally missed a shot. And even some of the stuff he threw up, it looked like it was not going to go in. 5-of-6 uh, from 3 for Norm. Norm had a really good game. Just had a really, really good game. Oh, there's no, really nothing else to say other than, like, Norm was good. Norm was really good. Uh, picked his spots at the right time. Uh, just got things done when he needed to. Even tried to force a few shots and got to the free throw line out of it. Uh, only things he missed tonight were a couple twos, one three, and a free throw. Uh, a little sloppy at the ball, which is uncharacteristic for Norm. But you look at that starting lineup, the plus minus up and down the board was really bad. Uh, that's kind of how it went tonight. Uh, Cove had a nice game, 11-7, 2-2. Uh, unfortunately, the Bulls spread it out, and uh, they kept Robert Covington and Yusuf Nurkic away from the rim. Uh, on. And when they did get him in there, Nikola Vucevic beat his ass. That's how that went. Vooch went bonkers. 24 on 11 of 15, 24, 14, and 3. It only took two threes. He, as much as the whole floor spacing thing, like pulling Nurk out, uh, he feasted on non-Nurk minutes, and when Nurk was in there, he didn't slow down. Vooch was that dude. What you saw from Vooch was uh, very consistent, strong effort no matter what. 
anytime he had an advantage, he pressed it. And that's like that's probably one of been one of my biggest criticisms of, of Dirk over his career is that when he gets little guys on him, he's, he doesn't necessarily press that advantage. Vooch did tonight. Uh, he had Watford on him. It was barbecue chicken. Anytime anybody had a tag on a short roll, uh, he got cooked. It was uh, one of those situations where uh, they didn't have an answer for him. Unfortunately, not only did they not have an answer for Vooch, they did not have an answer for uh, DeMar DeRozan, who had a monster game. 23-10-4-2, of 13 from the field. What's really kind of strange about tonight's game is that the Bulls did not get to the free throw line nearly as much as I anticipated. They only took two more free throws than the Blazers, 18 to 16. But they killed them. They killed them. The, the Bulls killed the Blazers in the paint. Uh, final score was 52-36, and I thought they let up a ton. Uh, that's The Blazers just, with their lack of size, they just don't have... If, if you want to take, like, grand scheme stuff away from this, right? You want to go, hey, you know... It's the dog days, the trade deadline's coming, the all-star break's coming, what's the rest of the season matter? This is the kind of thing where you look at the team and you go, yeah, this doesn't make sense because this whole run it back, like, you know, again, not to throw Nurk under the bus here because I'm, I'm, I'm certain that's what uh, Joe Cronin told him, um, but this whole idea of running it back with Dame, CJ, and Nurk is, is, is laughable. It's laughable. Like, the Bulls... They're a good team, but they're not unique in the sense of like posing a problem for the Portland Trailblazers with size. The best teams in the NBA are all big. There isn't a small, there isn't a great small team in the NBA. Like the Nets, like James Harden's a truck. KD is a mismatched god. And then they've got Blake Griffin, LaMarcus Aldridge, Claxton. Like you just throw, like they just have dudes. They just have size. I don't care what you think about them skill wise. They just have size. The Phoenix Suns, yeah, Chris Paul's six foot tall. Devin Booker's six five. Uh, uh, Bridges is 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, uh, Jay Crowder is 6'7", and built like a truck. DeAndre Ayton's a legit 7-footer. Sarge was healthy. They have another big. I mean, they just... They, they, size is everywhere. The Warriors, even when they play small, Steph's 6'4", Clay's 6'6", six, six, Dre's 6'6". Six, six, like, it's just... Hell, the Bucks, the NBA, the NBA champions last year. Giannis is 7' tall. Brooke Lopez is 7' tall. Like, it's just... They're, Middleton's 6'8". Drew 6'4", and six, maybe 6'5", six, and is stupidly good defensively. So it's just like, this is a perfect encapsulation of just getting your ass kicked because you don't have size. And it wasn't just because they're, they're outmanned and out-talented, which they were. That, that is absolutely a part of this. But part of what tore them open the entire game was their entire lack of size. Um, that's the, uh, the bad side of this grand scheme. The, the good side of this is Anthony Simons continues to show that he's that guy. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited about that. Uh, 21, 6, and 3. 5 of 10 from 3. Struggled in two-point range. Uh, I thought he got some really good looks. Uh, I also thought there was probably two or three possessions he wanted back where he was a little bit indecisive. And this is, again, this is where I'm going to kind of nitpick um, as his game continues to develop is go, okay, this was really good, this was really good. This is where it fell short. And I think that's the, the the next transition for him is because he's not going to just be a role player. He's going to be a guy. He's going to be a dude. And that's that's a big, big transition. But I thought his floor game was really good tonight. Uh, only, two, only two turnovers. Uh, one of them uh, a little bit sloppy. Tried to take on uh, or split a double team and DeMar dove in. I, I bet you the scouting report right now basically says uh, to collapse on that when he tries to split because his handle, he, he tries that push-ahead pass. And he gets a little loose with it sometimes, and and good defenders or, or heady players can kind of figure that out. Um, 
Watford, there's another bright side. 10-2-2. Two two. Uh, he's just outsized. He's a four. He is a, he's no doubt a four. Maybe some point in time he can become a five when he gets stronger, when he gets bigger, when he you know, gets that part of it all together. I just, it's a hard, I have a hard time seeing him eat up real minutes of the five right now. He's just not big enough. He's just not. Uh, and I like Watford. I like what he did tonight. He's showing a little bit with that floater, that little runner, uh, making the right, right play on the right time. That's, that's positive development because the mental stuff, there's so many guys in the NBA with skilled who don't have the mental side of things. There's not a lot of guys in the NBA who have the mental side of things and are developing skills. And that's kind of, I think that's kind of where we're at with Watford. Uh, I, I am really enjoying him uh, over the last couple weeks. Uh, even with the focus being placed on Ant, being placed on on Nas before the injury, he's done some things where I'm like, oh, yeah. Uh, Greg Brown, I still think he's just still too raw, for sure. But make it happen. Like, uh, give me Greg Brown. Mess. Threw him out there, got a couple dunks tonight, and I was like, all right, good stuff. That's what I want to see. Uh, looking for answers. Trade deadline can't come soon enough. No, they can't. It can't. This this is quite literally like the, the doggiest of dog days. You have got 10 minutes, or 10 minutes, 10, I wish it was 10 minutes, 10 days before the trade deadline. It's like, please, please, please. And this is a good time to plug that Brandon and I will have a live trade deadline day show. All the way up to the final whistle. So we will go, I think, at probably start at 11, like an hour before the deadline, unless news breaks sooner, then we'll go a little bit sooner. I'm taking the day off from my day job, and then uh, I've, I think I've done this now for like the last like five years in one capacity or another. Um, it's uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how that all shakes out going forward. Um, looking ahead to tomorrow on a back-to-back against... Oklahoma City Thunder, who will be without Shea Gilgis-Alexander both tomorrow and almost certainly Friday. The Blazers have yet to play the Thunder this season. And yet, they play them four freaking times. This is one of those reasons why it's like, it gets a little bit dicey. gets a little bit dicey until uh, you get a little closer to the end of the season as far as the tank odds. But you know what? Let's do it, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go ahead and run... On a loss. That's, we'll make this a thing. Anytime the Blazers lose, we will run the Tankathon. We will spin the wheel one time. I don't have it set up on this page, so that's blame me. But right now, the Blazers are ninth, sandwiched between the San Antonio Spurs and New York Knicks at 21 and 29. They are 11 games back of the Orlando Magic, two games ahead of San Antonio. And for for fifth, they are now three and a half back. So they, they still need to figure some things out. I still think that 6-7 range is, is within range. So... We'll click it once. Da, 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 da. And the Blazers stayed put. Tuckers. That's why they call it lottery, ladies and gentlemen. They stay, stay in ninth. But, oh my God, what just happened? Sorry, I've, I've got the uh, the uh, Chiefs game going on over here on the sideline, and it just went, well, okay, cool. All right, good time. Uh, the Thunder are hot garbage, says Evan James. Yes, they are. They are they are basura, but that's by intent. So they are they are tracing that as hard as they can. Uh, like I said, this is going to be a very very short post game because it's just me and I don't want to sit here and talk over everything. And I don't think there's a ton worth going over on a back to back. And we'll have Brandon tomorrow, and we'll kind of figure some things out through that. Um, overall, I just I, I 
I don't want to belabor the, any points that we've really driven in over the last couple of weeks. So on that note, we will get out of here. Uh, I hope you guys have a good night, a uh, wonderful Sunday, a wonderful week, and we will catch you guys for the pre- and post-game show for the Thunder tomorrow. Brandon will be back uh, for both, and I'm efforting some guests from OKC just kind of get an idea of uh, just kind of what's going on over there. Uh, and until then, we'll talk to you. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.